0: So, Amanda, not to talk about Trisha needing to blow her porch off or anything, but we are in the <laughs> season, because it's not really that. <laughs> I'm not a shoes-off-in-the-house person, but I left my um, shoes outside today, because did you see all the pollen? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I mean, I know the answer is we live in Florida, but why?
1: <laughs> yes, it is the season uh, when our cars
0: all turn yellow. Oh. I um, I'm trying out a new idea. I think I'm gonna get a snow plow for pollen <laughs> on the front of my car. Because it's just like, how do I get my driveway? Um,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very unfortunate for me that we have a huge oak tree in our front yard and I'm very allergic to oak. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, probably should sweep my porch. I'll do it for you. You don't need to do it. <laughs> Thank you, you don't need to do that. You'll be in bed. <laughs> Welcome to Book Fair, a feast for every season of reading.
1: We are a growing community of curious readers who share the excitement of books.
0: We want to read together and feast together through the seasons of the year and the seasons of our lives, and we hope you join us.
2: So, today we are talking about spring because, you know, our subtitle is a feast for every season of reading, and we are starting a new season. Now, uh, when I first threw out this idea as an episode to you guys, you both were kind of like, you kind of gave me the quizzical look, like spring reading. Yeah, funny. (laughs) (laughs) So my first question is, do you read differently in the spring?
0: I do, but it took me a while to figure it out. Okay. Because it wasn't so obvious as like... Oh, something spooky, or something cozy, or something family heart and oriented, like Christmas would be, or Thanksgiving, or uh, it or like something vacationy. It was literally my last category I could have thought through, but it was there. Was it for you or no? Um, uh, no, I still You're don't like, think I do. It took me a while, and then I realized like I had to kind of walk through. I had to be feeling where I am today, like, oh, it's a rough day, to kind of realize where my heart usually is this time of year, Mm -hmm. or my brain, Mm -hmm. and I'm usually just, like, gearing up for summer, and planning for the next, isn't that awful, like, summer's not even here, I'm already planning for fall,
2: with, like, school,
0: and just other things, and so spring, do you want me to give it? Give it. Is... Any kind of nonfiction self-help get yourself together book. Oh. So that yeah, could yeah. be parenting or homeschool or relationship. Uh-huh. Anything like that. Not clean your house. Who cares about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. for me that's January after I put up Christmas is why. Yeah. But so not that, but like with my people, I think. Mm-hmm. Hmm. mm-hmm. So that can be a lot of different directions. But then also Straight up fluff because I can't handle anybody else's hard story right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or poetry because okay. that's always a filler for me. And spring and poetry kind of go together. It sounds like well, that's like a true Disney or something. Not that all poetry is that way, certainly. But I did not think about poetry. That's, that's probably the time of year I'm picking that up more. Me too. <gasps> Look at (laughs) you. You found one. Isn't that funny? It was too late. But now I
1: know. It's it's not too late.
2: (laughs) Love it. Love it. So I learned something about my spring reading from Storygraph. Okay. Uh, So if you have not listened to the Do You Want a TBR episode, swing back to that one um, where we talked about Storygraph. And when I looked, it has a really neat feature that you can go and look at your reading across the year. And it will give you your stats per month. And when I looked back at, because I imported like my last, whatever, eight years of reading when I imported. (laughs) And when I looked back at the years, March and April were like this spike in both books and pages read. Huh. So I think for me... It's actually, which is really funny because it's the opposite of you, Elizabeth. I think for me, it's kind of like, okay, we're through the holidays. We're through the first of the year and tax season. Then February is Valentine's Day and my birthday. And it feels like... Now what? I kind of deal with like the winter illnesses and, Mm. you know, just kind of getting through the wintery stuff. And I think March hits and it's like a fresh burst of energy. Like, okay. now I have time. Now I have space. And it was just so interesting to me that in March, it was like, I read like 12 or 14 books in March in past years.
0: Oh my word. Yeah. So
2: it kind of becomes like a spurt of energy. And before I even thought about that, when I started my last audiobook, I did feel like, okay, I can tackle something. And I started into possession by B, oh, A.S. Byatt is his name. And it is a classic I've been wanting to read. It's been on my Goodreads TBR for years. Um, Huge award-winning book. Pretty long. Very, it's beautiful. But I mean, classic, deep, kind of poetic language. It's about poets. Anyway, it's kind of something to dive into. And a couple weeks ago, I was like, I can dive into this. I have the energy. So, I think that's spring for me.
0: So, is there a genre involved at all? Or is it just like reading 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 though or is it your your things that you needed more yeah I guess that's what you're saying your things that you needed more energy for so it's yeah. like okay, the, yeah the one that I didn't have time for now I have time for
2: yeah and I think I'm also breaking out of kind of the fall wintry like like you were saying not feeling like it needs to be more the cozy thing or the so you're reaching for
0: like A bigger, heftier, great work that you that will take a little more time and energy.
2: Yes, in combination with things that are maybe a little bit brighter, lighter. um, Possession does
0: not sound lighter and brighter,
2: (laughs) but it is flowery.
0: Oh, is it like romantic period? Yeah, it's
2: about. I mean, it's it's written in very romantic language. Okay, okay. And it's about two poets, and it's interwoven with lots of poetry. Got it. Okay. there's rich description and lots of nature. And it just feels like spring. I'm like picturing The
0: Exorcist. I'm like, that does not sound light and bright.
2: Exorcist. Are you okay? It's a literary mystery. I got it. Okay. so oh. Yeah. Hmm. Elizabeth, what did you pick to share today for spring reading?
0: We're sharing 2
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So because I said I had a couple of categories, I will go for my nonfiction category. One that I read probably two or three years ago that I continually reference. So that's the the time of the year is the whole get it together for me is the gift of failure. And Mm, it is a parenting book, but it had overarching themes of just people for me of how failure builds us. Mm. And so that's particularly important for our children. But it's not it's not over for us as adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it talked about, I mean, to just quick summarize, it would talk about, I know you want to fix this, but you will make it worse. Mm-hmm. They need to feel this. And sometimes yeah. that's true for our spouse or for us and our spouse needs to realize to leave it or for our parents, even though they're way more grown up than us. I mean, I'm 40, but they're, they're way more grown up. We, as a whole, we should rush in and help at times. And there are times that people just got to feel this. Yeah. And so, certainly, it was mostly geared towards children. It was written by an eighth grade teacher who spent years just like, you're doing too much for your kids. Mm. And then she had kids. And then was like, oh, dang. (laughs) I've done too much. And so it was like, this was my big crusade to preach about. And it's harder than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And so she writes about it. And she quotes several other social scientists that I like to follow. And I just thought like, okay, good, yes. And it kind of fit into a circle of thought I was already around in. So... But it was hard to hear how yeah. many things that I needed to quit doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I really had to want to get myself together. <laughs> What's that called again? The Gift of Failure. And I should have looked up the author. I can have that in just a minute, though. That's that's great. I mean, that's sounds
1: like a book that even for someone who already agrees with that premise and tries to be aware of that kind of thing... To just be a good, and re- I'm speaking for myself, like a good reminder and refresher and,
0: you know. Well, that was the best part. Is yeah. that she believed it and then didn't. Yeah. It was harder to act out than she thought it would be. Yeah. So it's the gift of failure, how parents can learn to let go so their children can succeed. Jessica, I don't know, LaHaye, I guess that's LaHaye. Jessica LaHaye. Um, And I thought it was great. It's a New York Times bestseller.
2: Fantastic. I literally
0: don't know who put it in my hands and said, this might help you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have a reality and podcast announcement. It has started to rain. Speaking of spring. In with the theme. So since I can hear it and I can hear it in the headphones. So listeners, this is ambiance for our spring I didn't episode even notice. The I was Gentle our Rain of Florida Falling on the Roof. <laughs> all right, second book. Second
0: book. I I can't quite go book. So I went, Nicholas Sparks, <laughs> Janet Ivanovich. I don't know if you know. She writes a series of completely ridiculous, silly mysteries. It wasn't one because those are books that I read and completely forget.
2: Yeah. yeah. And yeah.
0: so I really tried to like, okay, we'll just pick one. But I thought that missed the point. Yeah. Uh-huh. I literally am going to forget this book. <laughs> but I'm really happy I did it. It filled me in that moment. Yeah. So I have spent many a day reading a forgettable book that made me happy then. Yeah.
2: So me I too. have never many, read many. a book by either one of those authors. So sell me.
0: Janet Ivanovich is quirky. Okay, so her character is Stephanie Plum, which there was a movie about a few years ago that was not, like, great. They tried to put, like, her 30-something books of of this series into just one and pick out all the random funny points. So, basically, she is a lingerie seller at some department store in Trenton, New Jersey, and she just doesn't have her life together. She's a total train wreck. She's probably in her twenties and she's just making happy mistakes. She's on her last dollar and her car's about to get towed and then, oh, it's towed. And so she's just somehow runs into her uncle who's a bond agent. She had to drop something off for her mom and realizes like, oh, there's a million dollar bond on this person. This would save, (laughs) this would just cure my whole life. And Being a completely irrational person, she was like, "Well, fine, I'll do it." Uh huh. And you know, he's a dangerous person. (laughs) He has a million dollars. I think it's a million dollars. I have the first one. I haven't read in like years and years. Yeah. But so, what's this one called? One for the money. So it was gonna be one for the money. Yes. Two two for the show. Three to get deadly. They're so (laughs) dumb. (laughs) They're so dumb, but they are so funny. Um, I mean, she...
1: You gotta love a good murder pun in the title. It, yes.
0: And so she's just... She gets a gun. It really, honestly, it's like a spoof of this girl with gun. She gets a gun, but she's like, what do I do with this? She keeps it in her cookie jar because she's like, I don't know. And she,
2: as a good Jersey girl would,
0: decides she's better equipped with a can of hairspray. So she carries a can of hairspray. It's so dumb, y'all. But I would read those as, I had a client one year when I was just like in a funk about something. She dropped me off a bag of like 10 books. And she was like, they're so dumb, but you'll love it. And I did. And so as they would come out, that was like a... And I think they came out in spring because old Janet knew that's what I needed.
2: That's so great. All right. I'm sold. I would pick one up and try it. That I would say... Fun.
0: At points, there's like a page of content. And it's literally localized to that. You can just turn the page if you don't want to know about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. well, the
0: same th- of the book is silly.
1: <laughs> there's so. definitely a place for fluff, for light fare, bubble bath books, twaddle.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just in case people didn't know, I use the term bubble bath books. Just to mean silly, light, fair. Just fun, things like that. So I, I hear we had a
2: question about that. It was
0: a- I don't know if you want to talk about that here. <laughs> Amanda, some people thought you meant like a Fifty Shades of Grey kind of thing. <laughs> and maybe they didn't know you, but one did. And she was like, I mean, I know it wasn't that. <laughs> But I also the first time you said it was sitting here behind my little microphone, like oh dear. I mean, surely. I mean, I don't know what she's talking about, but I guess it's not bad. <laughs> I'm just gonna let this moment pass and not ask. So, so think
2: bubbles, light, fluffy. And I'm like
0: bubble bath. <laughs>
2: All right, so Janet Ivanovich, Nicholas Sparks, sell me. I've liked a couple of movies. Um, Nicholas, I love the Notebook So movies. Nicholas
0: Sparks are good stories if he only wrote one and then wrote a different kind <laughs> okay. after that. Uh-huh. But he just writes the same story over and over again. Gotcha. With different characters and different events, but still in the Outer Banks. So that's why he gets the total eye roll reaction is because, like... You're literally writing the same story over and <laughs> over again. And so, I think if I'd read every single one of his works, then I might could probably be more annoyed. But I'd probably read like five or six over a 20-year period. They're very predictable. Yeah. And they're very... Desperate lovey Yeah You
2: know So when we first started book club I'm going to give a shout out To Monica Jen And Stacy We were the original four uh, Quote Officers and When we started a... book club And we had an agreement That we would never read Of Nicholas Sparks' book In book club <laughs> And I had never read one But I had just gotten the eye roll And they all assured me That it was ridiculous And we could never stoop so low So
0: But I've never claimed to be Impressive <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Uh, Yeah, they're over and over again the same thing. Like, oh, isn't her story very sad? Isn't isn't her husband died or her husband beat her and she's running from her? Isn't that very sad that there's this poor, very cute, lovely young girl? and so spring fluff for me is because my story is getting on my nerves. I don't want someone else's hard story. Give me a, it all works out fine.
2: Yeah. So. You want something, the comfort yeah. of the predictability. Yeah. 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 I know what this is going to be. And Let guess what? what? I'm this not way.
0: impressive. So I don't mind telling yeah. y'all. That.
1: <laughs> you know, I totally relate because I go back to the same well for my Fluffy Boba Bath Books too. Yeah. So I totally get it, and there's a place
0: for that, and it's wonderful. It's so. like when you have your dependable <laughs> coffee in the morning. You're like, I just need you to make my day better. <laughs> that might, yeah, that might do that. But I don't, I don't think I'd like it many other times of the year. Because I'd be like, this is so dumb. Yeah. But
1: You don't want to drink coffee all day and only drink coffee. I mean, I do. But, but it
0: has, your, 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 point, your point is sound for most of the population. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could have just left that off.
1: <laughs> oh, all that right, Nina, great. What
2: books did you bring us?
1: Okay. So I'm doing on the spot, Not. on air. I am changing up what I was going to say. No! <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you got 15
1: books. You saw? So, <laughs> I couldn't. I don't have time to narrow down. Um, no, I, you really inspired me, Elizabeth, with the poetry, and that really clicked. And and I I realized I love because we tend to take our schoolwork outside as much as we can while the weather is still not searing.
0: Oh, good call. Oh.
1: So and it's lovely, and we've done that every year, and get to you know. We park it under the same tree and get to you know watch what happens every day and on the tree the caterpillars and when they make their cocoons and hatch and you know just see a little bit of the passing of time of nature. We do that more in the spring than other times, so I thought i I tend to like to read more seasonal poetry in our morning time in that setting, you know it's just so wonderful, so poetry made me think of the the nature stuff too, so I'm going to say one is Last Child in the Woods. Oh, and I forgot the author. Well, it'll be in the show notes, but that's a nonfiction about um, just how much kids need to be out in nature. So it's like
2: really good. I started hearing rave reviews about this book. I think it's been a couple years. Um, And it's one of those books that I've been like, This will just make me feel guilty for all the things I did not do when my kids were little because now they're almost raised. So I haven't picked it up, but tell me about it.
1: I I get it. And I, I put it off forever because of that too. And our friend Marita was like, no, it's not just going to be guilt trip. It's really good. So I didn't like read it super closely cover to cover. Um, but it, it was just really great. There's data in there about, um, you know, nature deficit disorder and all that kind of thing. So it's like, I get it. So I don't need to like, you know, really dig into that stuff, you know, (laughs) but it's just a good, you know, it's like, okay, I got it. It's a good reminder. And also you don't have to read every book every word of it, you know, to, yeah. to get it, I, especially nonfiction, I think, but yeah. <laughs> so, but just throwing that out there is it, that's a great nature reminder. And of course, any season is great to be out in nature for different reasons, but something about spring, you know, I have usually a renewed, just love of nature and poetry and poetry about nature, but also wanting to capture that, like pull out My watercolors. Now, when I say that, it doesn't really mean I know what I'm doing. I'm over here with my eyes raised. Like, you're a painter? No. I would not say that. (laughs) I can do a color swatch. (laughs) And I'm excited. Like, look, I did a color swatch. But um, there's this book, Law's Guide to Nature Drawing and Journaling. And it is phenomenal. It is... A book about nature journaling and shows you how to do it in terms of the artistry aspect of it as well. And I love just looking at it, it's very inspiring. And I've tried to do a couple things in it too, and it's been very helpful. So, when I say I pull out my watercolors, I have my little kit and I just do what I can do then, you know.
2: I think that is so beautiful. It's something I want to grow in in the ocean.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. hold on, I'll whip that up for you right now. Hold on a second,
0: (laughs) that's amazing. I didn't know that about you.
1: I, it's something I really want to grow in
2: and and be able to do more yeah. of. I just have to say that I love that because I think so many of us, you know, get to a certain age, whether that's 30 or 35 or 40, 45, <laughs> and we just think, oh, I've never painted. I could never do that. Yeah. And I love that you picked that up and that you recognize, no, I am not some uber-skilled painter, but I'm learning something. I'm getting joy from it. It's enriching my life. I think that's beautiful. Uh oh, thanks. Yeah.
0: Maybe it's... you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but there's no old dogs here. Amen. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, that. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So, I'm sorry this is three, but... Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even when she does it on the fly. On the fly. <laughs> can't stick
1: to two. This is my favorite, favorite one. The Country Diary of an Edwardian Lady.
2: Have y'all heard of this? I've heard of it, but I have not read no.
1: it. No. This is literally a country diary of an American. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. <laughs> That's literally what it is. I, I
0: was confused.
1: <laughs> her name was Edith Holden. She was a trained illustrator, lived in England in the Lake District. Uh-huh. And she, this was her nature journal that she kept. It is so gorgeous and she has so many beautiful quotes and poems in it and gorgeous illustrations. And I love sitting down and flipping through it from time to time and doing it outside on a blanket in front of the pond and this big tree we love and it's beautiful weather. It's just a beautiful moment. You, you know, it's like the a day. perfect
2: spring book. It Yeah. Does. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love like that. So I'm, I'm guessing don't get this one on audio. You're right. <laughs> <you're>
0: right, <laughs> right.
2: right. <laughs> so is this more like a
0: coffee table book? Like a big, you read it page at a time possibly, or is you could.
1: It, it's a book. It's a book. It's not a big one, but you could leave it out on your coffee table and just look at little snippets here and there. It's not narrative. It's not a story. It's Edith Holden's collection of things she found
2: beautiful. Mm.
1: You know, words and
2: pictures. It sounds a little bit more like a poetry collection or something like that, even if it's not all poetry. That's just, you know, her collection of beautiful things. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, so... My two picks are books that reminded me of the time of spring. And these would be things that I would throw in between my classic, maybe I was tackling, or my history that I was tackling with my spring energy. And the first is Vinegar Girl by Ann Tyler. Either of you ever read Ann Tyler? Mm -mm. I don't think so. Okay. I love Ann Tyler. (laughs) She is a modern author that I like to say knows how to write a perfect novel like a novel as like a structure of what a novel should include every one of her novels she includes it and to me she is that sweet spot between a bubble bath book and like a literary classic or something that has more Hmm. heft to it Mm -hmm. to me she's very readable she's easy to read But she has enough character development and good writing and depth that you feel like you're getting something. Mm -hmm. Like you're getting some meaning. You're getting some wisdom. You're getting some good reflections on our society, on our time. You're getting humor. She's very funny. Um, The first book of hers I ever read is called The Beginner's Goodbye. And it's called that because it's about... A man who writes, essentially, they call it beginners quote in the book, but it's like he's the guy that writes something for dummies, mm. uh-huh. you know, like this for dummies, that for dummies. So he writes a beginners thing, and he has lost his wife. Kind of sounds like uh. the beginning of a Nicholas Sparks book. Um, and so he kind of takes on as a project in his own life the beginners goodbye. Like, how is he going to remake his life? Now that he's lost his wife. Oh my goodness. And, yeah. but it's that topic without being super heavy. Huh. You know, it's a little bit sad in parts, but it's also very hopeful. He's taking on this mission, funny things happen. He, he creates new relationships. And when I finished that book, it was my first Ann Tyler, I was like, this is a perfect novel. Hmm. So I really love her books. The one that I wanted to talk about today. See, I slipped another one in there too. <laughs> Is called Vinegar Girl, and it is a rewriting or reimagining of The Taming of the Shrew by Shakespeare. (laughs) So it's a modern setting um, with the girl, her name is Kate in the novel. She and her eccentric father, he's kind of like an absent-minded professor type. They are scientists, and she is super independent and, you know, a little astringent, um, super into her career. And what happens is... Her dad has a European assistant named Piotr, and his visa is up, and dad needs Piotr to stay in the country, or his science is going to fall apart. Piotr is necessary. So he asks Kate to marry Piotr so that he can stay in the country. Marriage of convenience. Yes. And, you know, all of the conflict and drama and hilarity and ridiculousness And comedy ensues. So it's really fun. That is Vinegar Girl by Aunt Tyler.
0: That sounds good. Great. I would read that in the spring.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm interested too. Yeah. Okay, so my second one, I thought I would talk about Louise Penny's Inspector Gamache books because I read a couple of them. I read the first one and then I took a break. And these are super popular. Like People that love any kind of modern mysteries. So many people, this is their favorite contemporary mystery series. So I had read the first yeah. one and I liked it. Um, I'm not a huge mystery person. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not sure why I read the first one, gave it a break. And then I just hear about this all the time. People love it. They talk about the overarching themes and the overarching narrative and the story. And so I thought, well, I'll pick up the second one. The second one is called a fatal grace. And it takes place in the spring around Easter. Huh. And these books take place in Canada, which I have to say I love because even though I grew up in Minnesota, not Canada, um, (laughs) it's almost the same thing.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm from the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah.
2: There's a lot about the way they talk about the seasons yeah. and like when they talk about Easter and that sometimes during the Easter egg hunt, the snow is still melting. Yeah, Like there were years we could not do an Easter egg hunt okay. outside because there was still a foot of snow on the ground.
0: Wow. I, I would literally die. So,
2: yeah. um, that feels like <laughs> home to me, but yeah. yeah. the second book, and yes, I would read the first one first, but they're easy reads. Uh-huh. So you could read both of them for spring, but the second one, has a lot of themes about Easter and the power of rejuvenation and resurrection as this tragedy has happened in Mm -hmm. this town. And as they're coming together to figure out what has happened in this murder mystery, as she, Louise Penny, weaves together this story of what has happened in this town and she interweaves preparation and then the actual Easter celebration and post the Easter celebration even though most of the people in the town are not religious, she is still referencing the shadows of redemption and resurrection. Mm. So I just thought that was super appropriate for this time of year, mm-hmm. um, as it just has a very direct mirror to spring. I like it. And what's the titling again? A Fatal Grace. But if you haven't read the first one, read the first one first. It's called Still Life, and they're quick reads. So read the first one and then get to number two for Easter.
1: Well, y'all are both giving me books to add to my TBR, so.
2: Good. Any wrap-up thoughts on spring reading?
0: Well, we thought we had nothing, and we had plenty. I think that's always neat when you take a look deeper, and you stop, and you go, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's something there.
1: So it's your turn, listeners. Tell us if you read any differently in the spring, or if you're like us, like Elizabeth and I, we didn't see it at first took a little bit of digging and thinking and then we learned something about ourselves or if you really don't read a little differently in the spring let us know what are some of your
2: favorite books what do you want to read this spring all right until next time i'm trisha i'm amanda i'm elizabeth and we'll see you later Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, subscribe to Book Fair Podcast.
1: Join our Facebook group or email us at chat at bookfairpodcast.com. And don't forget to tell a friend.